I've been struggling so much with my sin and temptations that I had almost lost hope. Tracy in Ohio telling us Haven Today helped bring her back to Jesus and His Word. I'm Charles Morris with Haven Today, as we are only two days away from the end of the year, and we could really use your financial help. If we've been a blessing to you this year, pray about being a blessing to us here at the end of the year. Not only will your tax-deductible gift bless us, it blesses others, like Tracy, who have found hope in Christ. Plus, we have a $100,000 matching challenge that could double your gift. So call us at 800-65-HAVEN or visit us at haventoday.org. I'll share that again in just a moment. But now, let's get this best of 2022 show on the road. How long will you keep your New Year's resolutions? Some experts say most drop them by February. That's kind of depressing if you're trying to lose weight or stop a bad habit. So why do many make resolutions knowing failure is so likely? Forbes reporting that it takes 21 days to stop a bad habit. Does it sound too bad? Or does it? The same study also says it takes 66 days for a new habit to become automatic. That's longer than most have patience. Whether you've made resolutions for 2023 or not, may we all resolve to spend more time with our Savior this year. His Spirit gives the power to start afresh and bring glory to God in our daily lives. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God, for the living God. When can I go and meet with God? Welcome to Haven Today, where we love to share the great story that's all about Jesus. I'm Charles Morris, and we're in a best of 2022 series about C.S. Lewis called The Most Reluctant Convert. Lewis described himself as a reluctant convert, but that doesn't mean that once he was a Christian, he was quiet about his faith. In fact, the opposite happened. Earlier this week, we looked at how Lewis was dragged into God's kingdom, kicking and screaming. Here's how he described it in his autobiography, Surprised by Joy. The prodigal son at least walked home on his own feet. But who can duly adore that love which will open the high gates to our prodigal who is brought in kicking, struggling, resentful, and darting his eyes in every direction for a chance to escape? The hardness of God is kinder than the softness of men, and his compulsion is our liberation. Well, today we're going to hear more about the conversion of C.S. Lewis, how God used very gifted Christian men to answer Lewis's questions. But we'll also see how the Lord used Lewis in a mighty way and how Lewis learned the cost of following Christ wasn't easy, but it was full of joy. And yes, we'll be talking about his joy in Christ and his wife named Joy as well. After the program, I want to send you a copy of the DVD called The Most Reluctant Convert, The Untold Story of C.S. Lewis. We have this film for your year-end gift to this Lister-supported ministry. And with a little over two days before 2022 is finished, would you pray about how generous you could be? And if Haven has been a blessing to you, why don't you return the favor and be a blessing to us? We're behind in catching up on our budget. 
and your generosity could make all the difference. We have a matching gift program. You might be able to send 20, others can send 200, and someone recently sent $20,000. No matter what you give, we have this matching challenge of $100,000 that could double what you give. And all the funds we get now will be used to point many to Jesus in 2023. Call us after the program at 800-65-HAVEN, 800-65-HAVEN. Or visit our website, check out the Most Reluctant Convert movie trailer, and then make your tax-deductible year-end gift at haventoday.org. That's haventoday.org. And now let's open the program. Here's Chris Tomlin. Where you go, I'll go. Where you stay, I'll stay. When you move, I'll move. I will follow.
Look, I may be prepared to accept Jesus as a great moral teacher, but I simply cannot accept his claim to be God. Oh, come on, Jack. How, how could a mere man be called a great moral teacher and say the sort of things Jesus said? Such as? That he always existed. That he will come again to judge the world. Such men are judged frauds. Lunatics. In spite of my resistance, they convinced me that nothing else in all literature is just like the Gospels. Myths are like it in one way with its stories of the miraculous. History is like it in another with its attention to minute details. But nothing is simply like it. And no person is like the person depicted. I'm sure there are many people who believe themselves to be God. Our hospitals are full of them. Oh, come on, Jack, be serious. No great moral teacher has ever made that claim except Jesus, and you know it. Mm, and he went on and on and on. What do you mean? Well, claiming to forgive sins, and that he himself is the injured party in every transgression. Look, in anyone else, this would be thought silly. Suppose you told me that two of your colleagues had lost you a top professorship by telling lies about your character. And, and I replied, freely forgive them both. Would you not think this sheer lunacy? It would be sheer lunacy. Yet, even those who opposed Jesus admitted that he expressed moral truth of depth and purity, full of wisdom and shrewdness. Wisdom and shrewdness. You make him sound like Solomon the Great. <laughs> On the contrary, history repeatedly calls him humble and meek. Not that you want to notice that, of course, Jack. Humility and meekness, the last things one would ascribe to someone who makes claims worthy of being a megalomaniac. <laughs> A scene from the movie Most Reluctant Convert, also the title of our series this week. And just before that, we heard from Chris Tomlin, and I will follow. I'm Charles Morris, here on Haven Today. Portraying the college-aged and young man C.S. Lewis is Nicholas Ralph, who's also James Harriet in the new BBC series called All Creatures Great and Small. It's there on Netflix in North America. And in that scene, Lewis is speaking with his friends, J.R.R. Tolkien and Hugo Dyson. They would eventually form the writing group called The Inklings. And they were talking about faith in Christ. And if you had known C.S. Lewis prior to his conversion, you might still find him talking with Christian authors and enjoying them. He had a great admiration for two Christian authors in particular, George MacDonald and G.K. Chesterton. Before he even knew Christ, you might find him talking highly about these two, despite their being Christian. Well, recently, I was talking with Max McLean, who wrote this new movie and stars as the older Lewis. I asked Max to talk about Lewis's love for stories and how the Lord used his affinity for a great story to draw him to Christ. His reading was vast, and he loved, he loved mythology. He loved ancient stories. He read everything from the Greeks to the moderns. Um, he was, his, his imagination was quote baptized after reading George MacDonald. Mm. So much of his fantasy literature was modeled after the work of George MacDonald. He was also a tremendous admirer of GK Chesterton, even before he was a Christian. He said he liked him for his goodness. <laughs> mm. Mm. Um, he said he did not, he couldn't understand how he conquered him. He said he, he liked his, he liked his, uh, his, uh, humor. He liked that. But, uh, and, and that sort of uh, trickled into Lewis's writings. Um, I would say that uh, his imaginative literature was modeled after MacDonald, hmm. and his apolog apologetic literature was modeled mostly after G.K. Chesterton. 
And both of those men were Christians. Yes, they were. Very strong Christians. And before Lewis became a Christian, that bothered him a lot, didn't it? Yeah, it did. He said all his books were turning against him. <laughs> uh, because he, he, you know, and then he, he, he compared that because he said uh, uh, George MacDonald had done more to me than any other writer. Of course, he had that bee in his bonnet about Christianity. He was good in spite of it. Spencer, Milton, Dante had it too. Chesterton was the most sensible man alive apart from his Christianity. Mm. Uh, and, and But it, then he talks about the writers that he should be uh, uh, liking and supporting Shaw, Wells, Gibbon, Voltaire. He called them tinny. Mm. Uh, they were all entertaining, he said, but they did not have the roughness and density of life. Mm. Um, mm. But he still couldn't, you know, he, he still couldn't come to terms with uh, uh, the reality of Christ. Part of that was he recognized that he needed to repent. And uh, he said he wanted to be left alone. Keep out private. This is my business. Uh, but that's when he finally gave in. He, he understood the cost of, of following Christ. This is Save It Today. That was Max McLean. He co-wrote and starred in the new movie on C.S. Lewis's conversion called The Most Reluctant Convert. Lewis said the secular authors were tinny. What did he mean by that? Well, to be tinny is to be thin. Not in terms of weight or size, but in terms of your voice. A tinny voice is the death of any aspiring solo artist. Even if they get all the notes right, they're still missing the force and the depth that solo artists need to carry a song by themselves or to hold an audience captive. The secular writers were tinny to him. Their voices were thin, even though Lewis agreed with them on matters of religion. And I think that's still the same today. There are many critics of faith and critics of belief in God. I think of Richard Dawkins or the late Christopher Hitchens. These atheist authors are bombastic in their arguments against believing in a God, saying it's either delusional or toxic poison that will kill off society. They use strong rhetoric, but there's always something missing behind their words. They don't quite reflect what it's like to live in our world. They don't have the force or the depth that they need to be truly convincing. Their words don't ring true. And C.S. Lewis noticed that in the secular artists of his day. But did you catch what Max said right at the end when we heard from him a moment ago? Lewis understood the cost of following Christ. He knew that to follow Jesus, he would have to repent of his sins. He would have to submit his life to the Lord. He would have to live his life for Christ, and certainly not for himself. And this was demonstrated in a very real way when he met Joy Davidman. They immediately had a connection, and they carried on a rich correspondence through letters for over two years. Lewis, at an older age, was falling in love, and I think Joy was as well. But she was going through a messy divorce and was on the brink of having to leave England for good. And her two young sons, who were English by birth, and would have to remain in England with their father. Lewis caught wind of this dilemma, and he threw caution to the wind. He proposed, and he and Joy got married, quietly. Lewis learned what it meant to live for another as he got to know and then marry Joy. She was an accomplished author in her own right, more intelligent than most people she spent time with, and yet 
in a moment of desperation, it was C.S. Lewis who learned what it meant to lay your life down for the sake of another. And I'm not saying Lewis didn't really love Joy. When she passed, having developed cancer shortly after they married, Lewis reflected on their marriage as well as her death, and he said, One flesh, or if you prefer, one ship. The starboard engine has gone. I, the port engine, must chug along somehow till we make harbor, or rather, till the journey ends. He was heartbroken, but his marriage to joy shows us a glimpse of a life rooted in Christ, and a glimpse of the great marriage between Christ and his bride, the church. Paul tells us in Ephesians 5 that Jesus laid down his life for the church. And then he saw the church in a desperate state, in need of someone to step in to keep her safe. And it was Jesus who stepped in. And he didn't just step in, but he gave up his rights and authority and his throne. And he came to this earth, taking on flesh, the cross, even death, to make sure his church was safe. Jesus, the port engine, will not let the starboard engine die. In fact, Jesus is the one who died to make sure that the ship, the church, and the people of God make it to our journey's end. Lewis knew the cost of following Christ. And his life shows us just a bit of what Jesus' love for us is like. Sacrifice, generosity, security. The Apostle John was given a vision of the end when Christ returns once and for all. And in that vision, he saw a wedding feast. The wedding feast of Christ, the Lamb, his bride. Jesus knew the cost. He knew that this feast would only be possible if he became the Lamb, the Lamb who was slain. But Jesus didn't just die. That would be the worst news in history. If Christ were still dead, our redemption would not be accomplished. Paul told us that. He didn't just die. He rose again to new life. In that great vision, John saw the Lamb living, alive, but with the scars of death still marking his body. Remember Jesus showing Thomas his scars after the resurrection? Jesus still bears the marks of crucifixion, a reminder of what he went through to save us. And in the wedding feast, we will see those scars, and we will rejoice that they did not keep Christ in the grave. He conquered death. And by faith in him, we will conquer death as well. Death is a tragedy in this world and in this life. Lewis learned that in the war, the great war, and he learned it when his wife passed. We learn it every day. And for the past two years of a pandemic, we all have had to learn it one way or another. But Christ's victory over death gives us hope. Hope that we will not stay dead. That death does not have the final word. That one day we will be welcomed to the marriage feast of the Lamb. This is the story of the Son of God Hanging on a cross for me But it ends with a bride and groom And a wedding by a glassy sea Oh, death, where is your sting? Cause I'll be there singing Holy 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 
City Harmonic, Holy Wedding Day, great title, here on Haven Today. I'm Charles Morris, the best of 2022. Earlier I mentioned that the actor who plays the college-aged C.S. Lewis stars in the new series from the BBC, All Creatures Great and Small, about the veterinary practice of James Harriet. My wife and I are looking forward to seeing season three from that series in a couple of weeks, but we were pleasantly surprised when we were watching The Most Reluctant Convert, the untold story of C.S. Lewis, to see this title actor playing a young C.S. Lewis. 
That's the caliber of acting you'll find in this movie that was shot on location in Oxford. This film pulls back the curtain to reveal Lewis's early life and his conversion to Christ in a way I've never seen before. Let me just say, it would be a great film to share with someone else besides yourself who's struggling with their faith. So I want to send you the Most Reluctant Convert DVD for your year-end gift to the ministry. We're only two days away from December 31st and could really use your help to make our financial goal. So pray about how generous you can be. Maybe you could send $50 or maybe $500. Still, I know someone who gave $5,000. And all of this can be matched by the $100,000 matching fund that several generous supporters have set up for us. No matter what you can do, your gift is not only tax-deductible, it's of eternal value. So pray about what you can send, and then call us at 800-65-HAVEN. 800-65-HAVEN. Or watch the movie trailer on our website, and then you can make your gift there at haventoday.org. haventoday.org. I'm Charles Morris. Thanks for joining me. Won't you come back again next time, when again together we'll share the great story. It's all about Jesus here on Haven Today. Here for your encouragement and your walk with Jesus, I'm Charles Morris with Haven Ministries, inviting you to anchor your day in God's Word. We have a lot to be thankful for. Food and drink, clothing and shelter, love and friendship. In fact, everything good that we have comes from God's hand. And as sinners, we don't deserve any of it. That's a theme we find in the book of Psalms. Think about Psalm 65, 11. You crown the year with your bounty, and your carts overflow with abundance. That's been true of us this past year. No matter what the year has been like for you and me, God has given us what we need to make it this far. And we can be confident His provision will continue. Why? Because He's already given us Jesus Christ. He's given us salvation and every spiritual blessing. So He won't abandon us even now. Anchor Devotional is available in print monthly. Visit GetAnchor.com.